DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Greg Rubel, play-by-play voice of the BYU Cougars. He is on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain is having an end-of-season sale on the Irrigation Smart Controller. Save 50% off each Smart Controller purchase. Offer available to all commercially property zone listeners. Visit SmartRain.net to schedule a demo today. Greg, good morning. Good morning. So he's going with Rush because it's a Canadian. But I, I would think Rubes would like maybe Neil Young, Drake, or Ann Murray. Bring them all on. <laughs> that's, that, that's the start of a great playlist right there, BK. Just max out on Canadians, huh? But the, star, but, but the song you brought me in with you know, speaks to all of us, right? Because it's the spirit of radio, and we all believe in that. We uh, do. On the 1st and 15th, I especially do. <laughs> <laughs> I just get paid once a month. BYU is 4-0. They are nationally ranked. The number one reason for this great start in your mind is? Good football. Good complimentary football. I mean, they're taking care of it. They're not giving it away. Uh, they're scoring when they get the opportunity, uh, especially the last game. Um, defense has been really solid. Um, they're, they're finding a way to be resilient. They've faced adversity in every game. Team comes back a little bit, and then BYU uh, does what it has to do to, to cl- kind of close things out. It's been good football. It's just been really solid. I, I, you know, you, you could take a look at different areas and say they could be better here or there, but I really do feel when it comes to that phrase of complimentary football, um, every side is doing what's, what, what's, you know, what it's taken to, to win four games at this juncture. How much credit do you think in this circumstance goes to the consistency and the quality of the coaching staff? Well, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm so impressed with, with the way A-Rod's called the first four games, and not that anybody should be surprised by it. He was, you know, deeply involved in play calling prior to his current assignment. But I just love the way he's kind of game by game, you know, brought this team along and brought them through. And, and you know, his mantra is, don't do the things that get you beat. And, and that's what BYU's been you know, doing a good job of. You know, uh, you know, very few ill-timed penalties, uh, very few giveaways, the kinds of things that kind of wreck your opportunity to play consistent football. His, his mindset is aggressive um, in particular parts of the field, but he's not reckless. Uh, he's done you know, the, the, the things that have brought Jaron Hall along. Uh, he's had to make a quarterback shift, uh, quarterback sh- uh, switch three games in, and, and, and got similar uh, results than he had with, with, with the other guys. So I, I just think A-Rod's been tremendous at how this season has started. Um, you know, Coach Tuiaki and Coach Sitake now uh, have worked on their defense together now into a sixth season, and I think you see how they like to play the game, and, and they're dealing with some adversity right now in terms of personnel, finding a way to kind of grind through it. And, and there's a lot to be said for the continuity in the staff. And, and other staffs have brought it up when talking about BYU, that even though A-Rod's quote-unquote the new OC, he's really not that new. And, and everything else that they've brought, you know, is most of, you know, coaches back from last year. Uh, the additions of Coach Funk and Coach Clune have already seemed to pay some dividends. Uh, I think the coaching staff is a big, big part of it, PK. So as BYU prepares for Utah State, obviously a lot of guys leave the previous game injured, um, mm-hmm. and there's a you know whole wide range of what is possible, who could be missing, who could be back, 
And in my mind, some of them are not a big deal because I think the next guy up has already shown that he can play at a pretty high level. In my mind, I have zero idea how high level some of the other backups can play at. So as not to load the question and bias it too much, PK's been calling me out on that. I'm curious uh, where you've got more confidence and where you've got less confidence. Well, I think the Keenan Peely loss is you know, almost irreplaceable. Um, it's, you know, things were moving along pretty well, and so much talk about the, you know, at that time, you know, two and zero, three and zero, uh, and but but losing Keenan, there's no one really like him. Um, you know, it's it's like Utah State losing, you know, Justin Rice or Utah losing a Devin Lloyd. It's 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 that kind of importance. Um, you just don't have someone like him. Uh, you can sh- shuffle some pieces around, but that's a that that's a loss BYU is going to feel, you know, the whole season, and and it's 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 an X-band up mentality. But he was a pretty special man. You lost, and, and so now it's you, you. do drop down a notch, and and you have to find a way to make do. Um, I, I think, guys, if you look if you look at from the from the season opener against Arizona, to what BYU might put on the field or, or did put on the field, let's say against South Florida, I think there were four guys on defense in the same spot. That's and that's just four weeks in. So football has been and is a brutal sport and the war of attrition is is raging at BYU right now and they're they're 4 and 0 despite hardships and despite adversity that defense has been banged up and is showing up in a lot of different places on the field uh, like i said more than half the defense looks different from game 1 to game 4 in that starting 11 we saw when the Devils came in and after they left they were talking about the crowd and all that and may have contributed to some of their penalties, although they you know they had 10 against SUU at home, so I don't necessarily buy that. I think it's a lack of discipline that has plagued the program for many years. But nevertheless, they spoke of that. And where I'm going with this is this is BYU's first true road game because we were there, I was there in, in Vegas, and obviously that was on the road. It wasn't at home anyway, but the crowd was by and large for the Cougars for sure. Now they're not going to have the same level of uh, attendance at the Maverick Stadium, but it's it's going to be raucous and all. Do you you put any stock into BYU being in this environment for the first time and may cause issue? Well, they're prepping so that it won't be. But back to what you said about BYU's environment, um, you know, it clearly had an impact in one particular series uh, for Arizona State. And, and 10 penalties to 16 penalties is still a pretty decent jump. And, and that jump can be found in the number of false starts Arizona State had in the rock section end of the stadium, I think, that night. So, so it, it had an impact on that night. South Florida, I really credit for not having it or not letting it be uh, much of an impact. Now, the crowd wasn't the same. Uh, there were fewer people, and the energy wasn't quite as amped up. But I really applaud Timmy McLean and, and USF for, for playing a pretty clean game that way because it was still loud enough, and, and USF did a nice job of, of not having it be an issue. If you go back at it, uh, DJ and PK, this is the first truly hostile crowd BYU's faced since their last trip to Logan. I mean, none of the road games since that game two years ago at Maverick could be considered hostile. Uh, you know, they played at Coastal when there were 5,000 fans during the COVID year. Um, that same year in 2019, they played San Diego State, but, you know, nobody really shows up or had been showing up um, there. This is the, the first. You've got to go two years to find an environment that makes you work to keep your focus. And, and so BYU's offense has been inside this week in the IPF. Um, the big speaker's out. 
blasting it. And like, you know, A-Rod told me Monday, yeah, you get annoyed by it. Your ears are ringing after 90 minutes, but it's something you have to do uh, because we haven't seen it in a while. We're going to see it on Friday night. The BYU bench has been moved from the west side to the east side, which puts the, the Cougars in front of the student section. Um, so these little distractions that come up, BYU is trying to prep to, uh, you know, kind of uh, withstand the impact of them on Friday night. Greg Rubel joining us, BYU play-by-play voice. I'm curious, uh, as you kind of look at scores, you maybe get to see some of the games, depending on kickoff times and all that, with two-thirds of the schedule in front of you, who are the big tests for BYU, and who do you think they can sail through pretty easily? Well, you know, Utah State, Boise State, is, is it, that's a tough little back-to-backer right there. Um, this week in Logan and next week in Provo. Um, so, so the Mountain West phase right there is, is pretty stout. And, and then BYU's not had, you know, out-of-state trips beyond the neutral field at, 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 in Las Vegas to open the season. And, and the back half of the schedule is road heavy. So in their final six games, they have five FBS games. And of the five FBS games, four are on the road. So in a lot of ways, you know, the heavy lifting is still to come for BYU. Um, at Baylor, and, and, and Baylor's nationally ranked right now, they gave themselves a nice ramp-up schedule, but beating, Arizona, beating Iowa State's legit. They did the right thing by easing themselves in, then they kind of unleashed it a bit. Kind of had to hang on, but that's a good win. Um, so you got the Mountain West games back-to-back. Then you go Baylor on the road, Wazoo on the road. One's clearly tougher than the other. And then you get the Bronco game, and that's got its own set of subplots and storylines and motivations. Idaho State, we kind of skip past, and then you go Georgia Southern, USC on the road back-to-back to end the year. So, you know, the ones you're going to get are Idaho State. The one you really expect to get is Georgia Southern. They've made a coaching change, and Wazoo's kind of in the same boat. So those Mountain West games, the Baylor-Virginia game, and the USC game, those are five tough, tough games to win. So 4-0 is great, but like I said, this is, the, this is a tough sledding schedule for BYU with a lot still to come. So this is cool this year. They've got the Broncos and Bronco. I like that. The Bronco game. Bronco squared. <laughs> uh, do you think that Utah State can exploit any of the same stuff that South Florida did in the second half? Well, I, I was really – I thought Utah State didn't get the – I mean, the, the, the 27-3 score will be among the more misleading scores in football this year, I thought. I, 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 as I watched and listened to that game on, on Saturday – you know, I, I just thought, man, alive, Utah State should be going to the halftime locker room thinking, how are we not leading this game? You know, they, they, they did so many good things, and then they did the kinds of things that BYU's managed to avoid for the most part to this point in the season. Now, BYU did have a blocked field goal uh, last week that kept them out of the red zone. In fact, the only time they've not scored in the red zone this year, guys, was that blocked field goal, field goal against USF. But Utah State certainly didn't get enough bang for its buck last week. That was a winnable game, and 27-3 says it's not winnable. But if you were there, watched, or listened, or saw how Utah State was moving the ball on Boise, you know Utah State could have expected to lead at halftime and should have expected to be in that game, if not win it, but for the mistakes they made. Um, as to what Utah State can hope to exploit, I mean, USF you know, did well, but was never really in a position to win that game. Um, they're... they're you know, A-Rod told me Monday, he said, it's kind of weird. We had a team down 22 points that wanted to bleed clock. Um, and they weren't going to have enough possessions to win the game if they kept playing that way. And that's exactly what happened. Every time BYU got the ball, BYU scored. 
And every time USF got the ball, they wanted to run, you know, 12 to 18 plays um, in a very piecemeal fashion, and, and that wasn't going to work for them in the end. And so in every game, you could argue BYU's been challenged, but they haven't been challenged to the point where they were in, in danger of losing the game. And so, you know, that's, that's something Utah State will have to do. Let's keep in mind, guys, BYU's not trailed yet. So even if USF or if USU were to go up three or seven nothing, well, they've already put BYU in a spot they haven't been in yet this year. Right. Greg Rubel joining us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Have you heard anything, maybe it's too early, but have you heard anything about the impact the Big 12 announcement is having on recruiting? No, just beyond the general. Um, you know, they're going to get into maybe some geographic areas they, they weren't before. Um, they may have to. Uh, as a result of the conference shift, but I, I think you know the biggest impact will simply be if if they were ever losing out to kids on tiebreakers being P5, that's out the window now. So if if all things were equal with a recruit or a recruit's family, but P5 was the tipping point, well, you take that off the table and that changes a lot of things because you know that BYU's probably lost a handful of guys they've wanted over that one particular component. And, you know, I'm sure they were told if you, you know, if you could just give us that, it would, it would make a difference. Well, now they've got that. So I really don't think it's going to, you know, drastically expand the pool. Uh, BYU casts already a, a decently wide net, but they're always going to specialize in who they target. And I think when doing so, they can now do so on a, a truly equal playing field with the other big names they're competing with to land talent. Yeah, I actually think that where it would have the most positive effect, and I think this also in basketball, is in the grad transfer situation because they're going to be able to evaluate it. They're more mature, and obviously I'm talking about the non-LDS kid who maybe the have more... Uh, I don't know of an issue, but be more concerned about the honor code, whereas an 18-year-old thinking of four or five years in that environment, uh, as opposed to one or two, plus they're far more mature, they've been around a little bit, they understand the situation. So I really look for BYU to feast on the transfer market, particularly with basketball, because the jump from the West Coast to the Big 12 in basketball is just absolutely enormous. And so I'm expecting yeah. big things. And and actually now, I want you to say, uh, let's see, bef- between now and 2025, BYU is going to make multiple Sweet 16s. Yeah, I'm not saying that. <laughs> That a kid, Greg. Way to hold firm. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I think Mark Pope is just going to do great stuff because I think this is a major improvement for him and his access to recruiting now because this is a top-notch, without question, basketball league. Yeah, it's a game changer. He's already done great stuff. Right. You know, e- even within the confines of the WCC, yeah. and and especially even with grad transfer talent there too. You know, they they've already explored that market fairly well yeah. in the current confines, and so yeah, I mean, he knows that you know that, that everything elevates in terms of expectation, uh, competition, uh, the, the battle for athletes. It's all going to be ramped up, and he's in for it. If there's anybody who's in for it, it's Mark Pope, right? You guys know that, right? And I think he yeah. is going to just. I really believe he's going to do great, great stuff because I think this is this is going to open so many doors because you're not going to find a better basketball league. Yeah, and, and the margin for error widens, right, when it comes to actual on-floor competition. Um, it, it's not, you know, two bids or bust, you know, or you have to finish second to, 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 to the, the, the championship-winning team to have a shot. Right. 
you can you, you can be in the mix well, in the Big Twelve yeah, and well, still have a really really good basketball team and have a great shot of playing in March. Well, uh, Oklahoma was uh, sixteen and eleven, I think nine and eight last year, and they made the NCAA tournament. That right. just tells you the respect level that that conference has. They were an eight seed, so I don't want to say they're guaranteed to make the tournament, but their chances, as you say, they can finish fourth or fifth in that league and still get a six seed. Yeah, with the style of play, and you can argue, and you know, to some point, the level of talent BYU's been playing with, that would put you in the running, right? And and that's where you just need to be in the Big Twelve. I mean, yep. ideally, you're going to try and compete for championships, yep. but um, you know, BYU's already experienced, you know, some of the Big Twelve um, top of the heap uh, dynamic in in its own conference. Uh, I think Gonzaga has been a really good training ground for BYU. Actually, when you think about competing in the Big Twelve. I think you're going to get your wish. I'll yeah. say it if you won't. I think Pope is going to get them to multiple Sweet 16s. What I feel bad about, Greg, is that you have just traded San Francisco for Stillwater and Malibu for Manhattan. And I froze one morning in Manhattan, Kansas because of college basketball, and I feel bad for you. No, you know, the, the, the great thing about the WCC uh, when it comes to basketball is every road trip you take is headed west. And uh, when you hit the Big 12, every road trip you take is going to be headed east. And so you're going to be, um, you're going to be you know, giving up the, uh, the, the sandstorms for the ice storms. Um, and uh, it, it's going to be a, a different deal entirely. Uh, the travel will be interesting. I'm sure there will be some stories to tell within a decade from now about getting to certain venues on certain nights. But, uh, you know, obviously the trade-off is, is certainly worth it. Well, Stockton's been a good training ground in that regard, in the same way Gonzaga has. <laughs> nice giggle. Stockton's still pleasant enough. Greg, we appreciate a little bit of time. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy the game in Logan. Really looking forward to getting back up into uh, Maverick Stadium and, and hearing some, uh, some opposing fans in the stands again. And, and uh, you know, it's funny, BYU and Utah State have played nothing but blowouts for almost a decade now. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe a close game will, will crop up one way or the other. Right. Uh, BYU's been having these games where they have a nice little lead, team chips in, BYU gets it done. We'll see what kind of, uh, kind of dynamic we end up with tomorrow night. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Greg. Greg Rebell, play-by-play voice of the BYU Cougars, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Dr. Justin Johnson. He is with Premier Wave and... ED is a sensitive subject. What would you tell men that are on the fence about this treatment? I would tell them that they're not alone. There's so many people that suffer from ED, and ED, you know, is not just complete dysfunction. There's a wide range of um, <clears throat> functions. It's simply, you know, if you're not performing like you used to when you were younger, that's, you know, typified or classified as ED. So there's a lot of people suffering from it, and you don't need to. There's great treatments available to reverse and correct the dysfunction that, the, that people have. What do guys say when you talk to the clients after the treatment? What kind of feedback do you get? We've gotten such great feedback. Some men are just so happy. They're like, you know, I haven't had this kind of function in many years, and it's just great to reconnect with, you know, their spouse or their significant other, and they're just so happy with the results they've gotten, especially with this new machine that we have. The other machine that we had worked pretty well, but this new machine works at least twice as, as well, you know, probably even more, because we've signed a contract as a uh, national <clears throat> premier um, 
partnerships so that we can kind of tweak the protocols and the methods. And so we've gotten even better results than the, than the study results that they've had. And you got a special deal, special offer for people who call today. Yeah, so since it's a new machine, we're offering kind of an introductory offer. So if you mention 1280 The Zone, we'll give them $300 off. But what we're really excited about is there's a lot of people who have tried other treatments and haven't quite gotten the results they want. We feel so confident that they'll get results with our new machine that we'll give them half off of our treatments. You can call now, 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-WAVE, 385-360-9283. Find them online at premierwave.com. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, you guys have a nice day. You too.